Here's a Lotus again in Anderson's podcast, and it's the 27th of April 2021. The time is 19.57, and it is Tuesday. Now today we are, of course, once again visiting the book about the power of self-compassion <clears throat> and how we can develop our compassionate coach, our deep inner voice, how we can mold it to become a more positive mindset. Because you all know that we all have a inner voice that, for lack of a better word, is coaching us. But is it trying to make us reach our full potential? Or is it holding us back? That's the question. Because a lot of people have a inner voice that is not so pleasant, especially towards themselves. I have also had this inner voice for many years, constantly nagging me and constantly telling me what other people are thinking of me, and also that I am uh, not a bad person, but it was not so pleasant what, is, it, what it was talking to me about myself and all the people also included. So, <clears throat> our number one priority must be to mold our deep inner voice to become a more pleasant inner voice, to become a deep and dear friend, a friend who loves and cares for us, a friend who truly is there for us. You could also say that we should create an inner voice of God in ourselves so that God speaks to us. And how can we mold our deep inner voice so that we know God speaks to us? Well, it's very simple because God is everlasting love and kindness. So if your inner voice is not loving and kindness towards yourself and others, well then, that is not the voice of the Almighty Jehovah God. So it's very simple, very easy to uh, say, but very difficult to obtain. Can we meditate on a more pleasant mindset? Can we meditate on showing ourselves love and kindness, showing others love and kindness. Thinking about it uh, 24-7 is basically a, an almost impossible job, I know, but can we make it our main focus in life? Because making this a main focus in life will actually make you a more happy and content human being. And I believe that by molding our inner voice in a more compassionate mindset, we can start seeing our life as what it really is, a miracle. It's beautiful to be alive. It's wonderful to be alive. It's magnificent to be alive. But in order for us to reach that conclusion, we need to strive for it. We need to work on it. So, building yourself up, 
building your confidence up is one of the biggest challenges we face as humans. But we also need to be very aware of what we put through our eyes and ears. We need to be very selective, meaning that people's bad behaviors that is portrayed on television, violence, even murder, torture, anything that basically we know deep inside is bad for us humans, we should stay clear of. We should make it number one priority to dismiss, to disregard, to cast away, to have nothing to do with at all. Because that's the number one hindrance that we have in order for us to strive for everlasting love and kindness. Basically, it's very simple. It sounds very easy, of course, but once you start analyzing what you occupy your mind with every day, you have to come to the conclusion that, yes, perhaps I'm right. Perhaps we are being molded uh, at society or from society, from the mainstream media, from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if we do not have a very bird's eye perspective of what we put through our eyes and ears, if we are simply just consuming it, then we will become affected by it. You can only reject something that you know deep inside uh, is going to make you feel miserable and sad inside. And these are the negative trademarks of human, human beings. We need to stay clear of them. So a lot of entertainment we need to stay clear of. Basically, almost any form of entertainment we need to stay clear of. Because it's really not uplifting for us humans. It's really not something that we can say is building us up in love and kindness. So if we cannot say that it's building us up in loving kindness, we should reject it. So you can ask yourself, well, what if I am in a religious belief system or uh, that I believe in a God, but my organization is constantly telling me about Samageddon, constantly telling me that I have to have a bad conscience and that I have to constantly search my conscience in order for me to reach my full potential in the organization. Well, of course, I cannot speak for you, but I can only speak for myself. That has something to do with the bad personality traits that you can occupy your mind with. Because going around with a bad conscience, regardless of what you have done, is not something that can help you build a, a loving and kind relationship with yourself and with the Almighty Creator. So we need to be even more selective than we perhaps 
think of first, we must be even more selective about what we put through our eyes and ears than perhaps we are willing to do. So are we really willing to to put in the effort of molding our mind in the direction that we want? Or are we simply just couch potatoes sitting and watching everything that comes to mind, whether it is wholesome or not? We really don't care about that. We are just consuming anything that is being shown us. So that's the first step. The first step is to realize that we as human beings are easily fooled. We are easily drawn to the opposite direction of what we are truly meant to be. And that is having a mindset of everlasting love and kindness. Being aware of the fact that when we die, if we get old or young or whatever, we can look forward to a resurrection through our faith in Jehovah God, the Almighty One, and in, of course, the faith of Jesus Christ, His one begotten Son, who was raised from the dead and now is waiting for us to show love and kindness so that we can truly find our way back to Jehovah God, the Almighty One. Because He is waiting for all of us. He was also waiting for a lot of people in Noah's days. But what did the Bible teach us? It says that every human being's mindset or thought process was evil all day long. Now what does that mean? Well, that means that in the standards of Jehovah God, the people were in their thought processes, evil. So we have to try to define the Almighty One's thought process. So can we conclude that He loves human beings who show love and compassion and kindness towards each other? Yes. That's basic knowledge, of course. So so what does He not like? Or how can we get away from that mindset? Basic knowledge, of course, also, it's what we put through our eyes and ears. It's how we allow society to mold us, mold our mindset. What do we discuss? What are we talking about with our uh, fellow human beings? Is it dictated elsewhere from? Is it Me Too? Is it Black Lives Matter? Is it climate change? Or is it Corona? Or is it something else that is being dictated to us in order for us to discuss it and take it uh, to heart? Let ourselves be molded by the society that surrounds us. Or are we saying no to it? Are we aware of the possibility that showing love and kindness should come from deep within. It should be something that we prioritize very much. It should be on the number one priority. It should be what we occupy our mind with. So let's imagine that we are in paradise. 
let's imagine that there are still internet, there are still news outlets. But the news outlets and the internet is only filled with love and kindness. It's only filled with beautiful stories about beautiful human beings that strive to make each other happy, to make other people's lives better. Let's imagine that we could occupy our mind with human beings who strive to make any other human being that they meet or they talk to a happy and content human being, happy to be alive and having this joy in life that can spread throughout, throughout the world. That could be a beautiful thing. That could actually mold us into a sort of like a, like a paradise mindset. So in order for us to obtain this, we need to start with ourselves. There's, the, there's no other way. By molding our own mind into the more compassionate mindset, we are actually showing the Creator that we also want to be part of the boat. I cannot say where He draws the line, so to speak. I cannot say that you need to be this loving and caring and kind in order for you to be friends with Jehovah God. But I can say that by showing you that you strive for showing love and compassion and kindness, that you think before you talk, that your words are not hurtful in any way, but are uplifting, kind words, that uplift other human beings, I can say 100% certainty that he loves human beings that strive in that direction. So let's strive in that direction. Let's try as good as we can to mold our mind in the direction that the Creator wants and not in the direction that we think is best for us. Because it's hardly ever good for us when we strive for the things in society that we think might make us happy. Because happiness comes from believing in Jehovah God, the Almighty One, but also believing in that we are doing the best we can to mold our personalities in a direction that he truly can bless, that he can truly put his Holy Spirit on. So it sounds very easy, this 15 minutes I am talking, I have just talked now, but it's very difficult. Again, to obtain this, it has to something, it has to be something that we are aware of. We have to be aware of the fact that Jehovah God exists, and I usually explain it, explain it like this, that we, all seven billion human beings on planet Earth, we all come from the same place. We come from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, 
which comes from egg and a sperm cell, and so forth and so on. That means that we come from something that could be placed in the head of a top of a needle, but that could also be placed in the head of a top of a needle, that's our father and mother. But that could also be placed in the head of a top of a needle, that's our grandfather and grandmother, and so forth and so on. So that means that whoever created this is pretty intelligent, and he also, in his creation, has shown this everlasting love and kindness. So can we show the same love and kindness that he shows us? That when we see a mother with a young child, that that mother loves that child ever deeply, even more deeply than we might imagine. Can we strive for the same love and affection as a mother for a newborn baby? Can we strive for that loving kindness? Can we strive for not judging other people in our minds before we get to know them? Can we try to find the good things in human beings rather than focusing on the bad uh, personality traits? Because we all have them. We all have bad personality traits, but looking beyond that, looking past that, not even seeing it, ignoring it, and telling ourselves that we, as human beings who show love and kindness towards other human beings, we have the opportunity to get rid of the bad mindset that when we judge other people, we get into that mindset that it's not going to allow ourselves to show love and kindness. So there's no other way to say it but to allow our minds to wander and drift and be molded by society is a bad thing. Because humans up into history has let their mind be molded by the dictators, the people in power over other human beings, and it has hardly worked out for the general population. And that's because people in power does not have the same mindset as you and I have. We have to be aware of the fact that once people search for power over other human beings, they get into a completely different mindset. People are not looked, as, looked at as human beings anymore. They are only looked at as, as numbers on a blackboard. They are basically just money that they can make in society. They can basically use us as human beings to, to allow them to gain even more power over us. So we also have to be aware of the fact that once we allow other people to have power over us, we lose the ability to show love and kindness towards other human beings. Now, what I mean by that is, when you vote and you believe in a system that basically 
is heading for complete disaster, then you are also part of that disaster. So in order for you to not become a part of this disaster, you have to say no to it. You have to take back your own life, take back your own decision-making, and decide for yourself, do I really want to allow other people to have power over me? To decide if I take the passport or not, take the shot or not, so that they are molding my mind. They are putting fear in my mind. They are basically evil human beings with evil intentions, but they hide behind the wolves in sheep clothing, so to speak. They look and sound very good, but deep inside they are evil human beings that have decided to serve evil powers instead of Jehovah God, the Almighty One. So we have to be aware of the fact that yes, there are evil human beings on this planet, and many of them have searched for power over other human beings. It's basic fact when you look at the history books that people who have searched for power over other human beings it hardly worked out very good for the general population. Perhaps you can look at North Korea as a prime example of human beings being so oppressed, hardly having anything in their mouth, hardly having anything to eat. And still this dictatorship continues out of fear from, sorry, the fear from the general population, regardless of the military, it is a mindset that they have been put under, a mind control that they have been put under. And it's very easy for us also to come under this mindset. But now I have, for 22 minutes, tried to explain to you how you can uh, not allow other human beings to take over your mind. Let yourself be molded by your own decisions. If you decide to become a loving and caring and kind human being, then no one can take that away from you, other than yourself, of course. So if you have decided that now I want to strive for becoming a more loving and caring and kind human being, well then you simply have to allow yourself to be molded by positive human beings who are not thinking about themselves uh, and gaining th uh, things from other human beings, but they are doing it out of love and kindness from their own hearts uh, so that you can let yourself be molded by thoughts and ideas from positive human beings who show love and kindness regardless of race and other things that we see each other as who we truly are, creators of Jehovah God, the Almighty One. 
And I know that once we are dead, we get a resurrection and we have to stand before Jehovah God, the Almighty One, and His one begotten Son, Jesus Christ. So how are we going to answer the question, what did we use our lives for? Did we use our lives for molding our mind into a more positive direction, showing love and compassion and kindness towards other human beings, and of course also molding our inner voice to become more in tune with Jehovah God, the Almighty One's voice? It's all in the Bible, but you have to be selective when you look at the Bible. You have to say no to all the negative and yes to all the positive. Because there are positive stories in the Bible. Mainly, of course, one of them is the merciful Samaritan, where um, a guy went on to Jesus to ask him, who are my next of kin, or who are my neighbor? And Jesus said, there was a person who fell into the hands of robbers and the robbers left him half dead in the gut or ditch. Now a Levite came by and he looked at that person lying in the gutter and he felt repulsed by that person and he walked on the opposite side of the road past that person. Then a priest came by and he did the same thing. But a Samaritan came by, and he felt truly sorry for that person who lied there in the gutter. He took him to a shelter. He paid money for that person in this shelter to take care of him. And he said, when I came back, I'm going to pay you money if he owes you anything. And Jesus asked the man who asked him this question, who do you think has made him the neighbor of kindness and love? Basically saying, who is it you think has been merciful? And he had to say, well, that was the one who showed mercy. And then Jesus said to him, well, then you go out and do the th same thing yourself. So that is mainly 2,000 years ago. Can we still use that? Can we still let ourselves be molded by that, by that what Jesus said to us? Yes, of course we can. But you also have to realize that there's a lot of violence in the Bible. There's a lot of other things in the Bible that you need to ignore. You need to focus on this. This should be the main course of the evening. Showing mercy to human beings that are in need of our help. And of course, it, it, it should not only be if people are seriously injured and hurt, of course. It could also be a homeless person. It could be a person who perhaps you have not talked to for many weeks. 
Can you make a phone call to that person, showing that you truly care and love him or her, truly that you showing that you have a mindset that also thinks of other human beings, that you also want other human beings to know that you think and care for them. These are the questions that we can ask ourselves in order for us to allow our mind to be molded in a direction that I know the Hova God, the Almighty One, wants us uh, to have. So it's basic, very simple to say this, but it's very difficult to obtain it. But it is not impossible. So let's, without further ado, start to read out loud from this book and how we can mold our mind into a more positive direction. So let's take this one right here. So, we have come to exercise number 35. Developing your compassionate coach. Here you will look at how to develop your compassionate coach, which will help you generate a compassionate mindset. Your compassionate coach won't be critical or hostile, forever pointing out what you have done wrong and undermining you. Instead, your compassionate coach will work to build your self-confidence in a more helpful and meaningful way. Sometimes it may help you to be more understanding of a and kinder towards yourself. At other times it may coach you in how to approach external factors, giving you the strength to negotiate the important situations you face and, perhaps more importantly, helping you feel more confidence in everyday life too. You may develop a very detailed mental image of your coach that has the qualities of a cartoon or a photograph. Alternatively, your compassionate coach may be merely a hazy impression. It doesn't matter which kind of image you develop. The qualities your coach possesses are what's important. How he or she coaches you and how you feel in your coach's presence. Now, finding a place where you can be for 10 to 15 minutes, that is, as far as possible, free from distractions. Sit in a relaxed, open posture that has strength or alertness in it. Close your eyes or settle your gaze on a low fixed point. Awakening your compassionate mind and all the sensory experiences this brings with it. Maybe assuming the role of a deeply compassionate person. Maybe evoking compassionate thoughts or memory. Maybe assuming the ideal compassionate self. Now imagine an ideal compassionate coach. Someone who has your best interest at heart. Someone who concentrates purely on your well-being. What kind of qualities would she have? Imagine her being sympathetic to your difficulties. Imagine that she always knows what you need, sometimes offering gentle encouragement, sometimes motivating you. Other times, simply being alongside you in difficult situations. Imagine her being tolerant of all the emotions you feel and show, sensitive and non-judgmental. Imagine how it feels to be in the presence of your coach's infinite wisdom, warmth, strength and courage. 
feel your coach's commitment to resolving any difficulties you have and to build your self-confidence. Spend a short time imagining your compassionate coach, your coach's qualities of compassion, the sensory experiences as you receive it. Imagine being in your coach's presence and how that feels in your mind and body. <clears throat> when you feel ready, gently bring the exercise to an end and become aware of your physical environment. Reflections on exercise number 35. Clear visual image of a coach can range from someone similar to a sports coach to an older woman or man to a teacher, a tree, a fairy and an angel or even a particular place. Some find that the image that mostly, most easily comes to mind is that of someone they once knew or know now. Where possible, it is helpful to avoid real people, alive or dead, for two reasons. First, Human beings are never perfect, and what you are trying to create here is an ideal compassionate coach. Secondly, real people tend to trigger a range of emotions within us, and this may make it difficult for us to focus on the exercise, or indeed on pure compassion. If this is the case for you, it may be helpful to blend this image of someone you know with something else to give the coach a non-human dimension, that allows it to be removed in your mind from anything or anyone else. Following on this, you may also find that the term coach isn't the right one for you. Ken Goss, in his book, The Compassionate Mind Guide to Ending Overeating, used the idea of an ideal compassionate com companion, while in her work with those who have experienced trauma, Deborah Lee used the term perfect nurturer, Maybe compassionate teacher or compassionate guide would work better for you. Interestingly, some people find that one image is helpful in a particular situation, while another may be more helpful in a different scenario. Some people like to have a mixture of a male and female image. Who knows? Play around with the ones that help you most, and you may end up with a whole gang around you. Just concentrate on finding what works best for you. <clears throat> the compassionate coach. Your compassionate coach does not replace the need to have real people around you and to build your self-confidence in relation to them. However, such imagery does have many advantages. A compassionate coach can be especially useful to those who do not have supportive people around them. A compassionate coach is always available unlike human beings. A compassionate coach can help the way we relate to ourselves and the way we relate to others, thus making it more likely that we will develop meaningful, real relationships. A compassionate coach can be a helpful bridge uh, to being more compassionate towards ourselves. A compassionate coach can be used to help prepare us for other parts of this compassionate mind approach, such as taking action and looking at our thoughts, which we will do later in this book. A compassionate coach can help us be more mindful and less reactive. And let's just take a small break and I come back again. Yes, and I'm back again. And let's just move on. Cherokee story. 
the wolves within. A Native American elder was teaching his grandchildren about life. He said to them, A fight occurs within me. It's a terrible fight between two wolves. One wolf represents fear, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other stands for joy, peace, love, hope, sharing, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, friendship, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. This same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too, he added. The grandchildren thought about this for a minute, and then one child asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee paused for a moment and then warmly replied, the one you feed. Conclusion Once developed, your compassionate mind acts as a foundation on which to build your self-confidence. It can tone down your threat system and equip you with the necessary attributes, skills and qualities to stand tall and face life's difficulties. As you are hopefully doing with the mindfulness exercises, attempt to bring the exercises from this chapter into your everyday life. This may involve setting aside some time each day to practice them. Later on, you may find that your you set aside specific times less frequently but can instead incorporate these practices easily into your regular routines, engaging in them, for instance, whenever you have a hot drink while out of on a walk or when watering the plants. And now we come to number 10, using compassionate thinking in response to your own undermining. But this is for a different podcast. So can we meditate on becoming more compassionate towards ourselves? Can we feed the right wolf, so to speak? Can we feed the compassionate mindset instead of these negative tendencies that we have? Can we basically shut down our threat system? Because, of course, it's good to have a threat system. But if we, if we use a lot of time on our threat system, we basically are not allowing the more positive um, things in our lives. So we have to be aware that, and we have to become aware of how we want to mold ourselves, how we want to become human beings that wake up every morning with a smile on our faces, being happy and content with life, showing other people that we also are happy and content with life, that we find the positive things that we have experienced during the day, during the week, and we take it sort of like a, in our memory bank so that we can take these positive experiences with us in the future. 
because it's very important that we, uh, as good as we can, try to remember the positive experiences that we have had in our lives and try to get them in our memory bank and get all the negative things that we have experienced out of our memory bank. So we need to be aware of the power of meditation, meditating on loving-kindness, meditating on uplifting thoughts and ideas, meditating on having an inner voice that is loving and caring and kind towards yourself, having a mate, so to speak, or a comrade, or a very close dear friend deep inside yourself that turns your attention in the right direction, in a more positive direction, so that your life will take a more positive um, positive road. You will all of a sudden see another road in your life that you perhaps was not aware of. And this road could lead to everlasting love and kindness and happiness in your life. So it's very important that we find this road. We when we find it, we take away all the leaves and branches that can hinder us into moving slow, uh, smoothly through this uh, highway and basically also making it a highway. Not a highway to hell, but a highway to heaven. So this is our work assignment, so to speak. We need to work very hard to become passionate, kind human beings that also show compassion and kindness, especially towards ourselves, in order for us to show compassion and kindness towards other human beings. And uh, number one is, of course, meditation. Being one with yourself, molding your in our voice in a more positive direction and trying as good as you can to let go of all negative emotions, all negative thoughts. And that is can be the most difficult task of all. But I believe that it can be done through your mindset, putting your mind into action. We can see that uh, a lot of people can take on the task of climbing Mount Everest. And of course, a lot of people have died on Mount Everest, that is true. But a lot of people have also went to the top and came back again to tell about the tale. That is basic striving. You need to of course, be very fit. You have to have a lot of training in order for you to complete this task. And also it could be another task, not so uh, so difficult as climbing Mount Everest. 
but we can also see tasks in our life as climbing Mount Everest, basically saying to ourselves, well, this is impossible, it can't be done. And yes, it's true, for a lot of people it can be done, we cannot all climb Mount Everest, but we can have a change of mind so that we can see the tasks that we have in life as meaningful, as tasks that simply are challenges but can be fun challenges when, once we start looking at them as such. So the task in your life is of course different than in my life. I cannot define what task you have to take in life in order for you to reach your full potential. But doing it with an open mind, with a loving and caring and kind heart, can actually make can actually make that journey more pleasant for you. Because in the world of competition, it can be very difficult to please every human being that you meet in the road of life. So <clears throat> being aware of this, <clears throat> being aware that we cannot all please every human being that we meet, we simply just have to let that go. As I've been explaining earlier, if you go into a room and there's a hundred people and they're all smiling and greeting you with a nice uh, approach to you, you can feel that they have a good uh, personality, they have an open personality, they have a loving and caring and kind personality. But out of that 100, there's one person who looks, as, looks at you suspiciously, that once he shakes your hand, he feels very suspicious about you. He has a suspicious look upon him. He looks at you with not love and care and kindness, but some bad emotions towards you. Now, which one of these 100 human beings are you going to remember once you come home? Or, especially in the situation, you have met 99% loving and caring and kind human beings, but you have met this one person who is bit off. Now, of course, I know your threat system and my threat system kicks in so that we constantly are aware of this one person. And that is good in a situation where we maybe had to fight for our lives in the past, but perhaps it's not so good for us today. So having a mindset of a caring and loving and kind approach to other human beings, regardless of their personalities, that can be a very challenging task for us in the future. But I believe that once we put our minds to it, we can actually achieve this. We can actually achieve showing love and kindness for all of the 100 persons in the room. 
and not just the 99, which are very easy to please. But showing love and kindness and compassion also with people who have not so pleasant personalities can actually, you can look at it as a challenge, but you can also look at it as an opportunity to show love and compassion and kindness and actually make your love and compassion and kindness even stronger, even more sustainable, even more powerful. When you show love and compassion and kindness towards human beings which have not so pleasant of a personality. So treating other human beings, regardless of their personalities, the same way can be a challenge, but you can also look at it as an uplifting task for you in life that can bring even more joy once you show that you can win with love and kindness over the negative trademarks of another human being. So we need to be aware of the fact that <clears throat> we as human beings, we have the power in our own hands to mold our mind in the direction that we want. We just need to be aware of it. Now I have, for the past 50 minutes or so, tried as good as I can to point out or pinpoint some aspects of us as humans that we can work on, that we can strive as good as we can to make even better. And I've also explained that the negative trademarks of us humans, we could also try as good as we can to get rid of these negative trademarks. But it, it needs an, an effort, of course. It needs that it basically screams at us that we need to take our own lives back. We need to not be or not allow ourselves to be molded by society, by other human beings with not so pleasant personality traits. I'm not saying that every person that you meet have bad personality traits. Yes, we all have them in small amounts. And of course, 99% of every human being that you meet in life is a pleasant experience. Because a lot of people also search for the everlasting love and kindness that we all have deep inside ourselves, but we have very difficult times getting it out into our personalities because we are afraid of other people's bad behaviors or bad personality traits or that simply they do not want us to uh, have love and kindness in our lives because they do not have love and kindness in their lives. So we need to be aware of the fact that we have to win this battle. And the battle is, of course, showing love and kindness towards other human beings, regardless of what other human beings have in their baggage, in their personalities. So this um, 
this task of of our of ours in our, in life is of course a lifetime challenge. It is not something that I can just say yes and today when this podcast is over, I do not need to mold myself in a more positive direction at all because I have reached my goal. You have to be aware of the fact that we can constantly be molded in a wrong direction. It simply just takes five or ten minutes in order for us to allow other people's opinions, uh, bad opinions, bad personality traits to affect us in uh, in a negative way so that we also take on these negative trademarks. So being aware of other human beings, their good and bad qualities, but start focusing on their good qualities. Start focusing on being love and kindness yourself is the first step into achieving this relationship with Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And once you have achieved this, of course, that's not to say that, well, I have achieved it, now I can relax. And yes, of course, we need to relax, we need to be very relaxed when we meditate, almost to the point of sleep, of course, we need to relax all our muscles in order for us to allow our mind to be molded in the direction that we want our mind to go at. But the the strive for this personality trait needs to come with a driving force, so to speak. We need to put an effort into it. So we cannot allow ourselves to... Of course, I'm not saying that we cannot allow ourselves uh, basically uh, some sort of entertainment, but we need to be aware of the fact that these these bad personality traits that was mentioned uh, in this uh, theory and analysis can actually enter our lives more easily than we think. It's much more difficult for us to allow love and compassion and kindness and being there for others and thinking about others besides ourselves in a more compassionate, loving and kind way is more difficult than to allowing ourselves to shut ourselves off from these positive um, personality traits that we can receive. We can only receive them if we also portray them. So if we show love and hate, sorry, sorry, hate and resentment towards other human beings, we cannot uh, receive love and kindness from them. So we need to show love and kindness uh, and compassion towards ourselves so that we have a loving and kindness within our heart and mind and then we can receive love and kindness from other human beings. Then they can feel safe around us and once they feel safe around us they can feel even an urge to 
also show love and compassion towards you. And this can actually mold your mind into trusting and believing in humanity, trusting and believing in other people's positive personality trademarks. So we need to be aware of the fact that allowing ourselves to be molded by the world uh, and of course the garbage can of course with uh, violent video games, violent movies, movies that portray people's bad behaviors as something you can allow yourself to be entertained by, the social media and of course also the fake media who is owned and run by the government is not something that we should allow our minds to occupy. We should not be molded by this bad personality traits that is going to allow these bad personality traits to enter our mind. So we have to say no to it. So there are things that we have to say no to in order for us to mold our mind in a more loving and caring and kind way. So if it is in your power to say no to certain things entering your mind through your eyes and ears, of course, then take that opportunity and start saying no to things that do not allow you to mold your personality in the direction that you want. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. Hello, I hope you there were some benefits to it. I know of course my English is not so good as my Danish, but I hope there was something that you could take away from this podcast that could maybe even allow yourself to show even more love and compassion and kindness towards yourself and towards others. So, this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It's the 27th of April 2021. The time is 21.53 and it is Tuesday. Bye.